Welcome to the Emily Osmond Show, your place to learn how to market yourself online, find your tribe and grow a business doing the work you love on your terms. As a blogger, presenter and marketing mentor, I understand the ups and downs that come with putting ourselves out there and running our own show. This podcast is here to take you behind the scenes and share the strategies to help you succeed. So let's get into the show. Welcome back to the show. Now, before I introduce our guest today, I want to ask you a pretty important question. And that's how many clients are you attracting from your Instagram? And if it's zero or close to it, don't worry. Most business owners struggle to understand how to actually monetize their account. But it doesn't mean it's impossible. In fact, it doesn't mean that you need to start posting 10 times a day or that you need thousands of followers or even professional photography. In fact, it's so much easier than that. And that's why I've put together this brand new online workshop that I want to share with you. And you'll learn the five step Instagram sales system, which I use myself and I teach my students and it's helping them grow their audience and their sales. You'll also learn the top three mistakes that small businesses make when it comes to marketing on Instagram. You'll discover what you absolutely must be focusing on instead right now, plus how to use Instagram to power your holistic online marketing strategy. So just give me 60 minutes of your time and I'll help you unlock and master the very best strategies and current best practices to monetize your accounts and start seeing results. So just go to emilyosmond.com forward slash free and choose one of the times. Now, Let's get into the show. Today's guest carved out her career by always being on and working relentless hours. But when a serious health condition forced her to slow down, what happened next? And what did this mean for how she went on to design her life and her business? Angela Sobrano is the founder of public relations agency Flourish PR with a team of more than 10 and clients across Australia in the entertainment, lifestyle, property and tech spaces. But after Ange was diagnosed with life-threatening pneumonia in 2017, after 15 years of being always on, she realized something had to give and she set out to find a hobby that would force her to switch off and have some quality me time away from the office and away from her phone. It was here that she discovered her love of horse riding, which led her to her horse, Marco, who she credits for saving her soul. And this experience inspired Angela to bring to life the first ever Australian-made luxury equestrian-inspired candle range Marco & Co by Angela Sobrano. Now she runs two successful businesses and is learning to master the idea of balance, living life after burnout. So let's bring Angela Sobrano onto the show. And it's wonderful to be here in your beautiful office. Um, it's a little bit 
nasty weather outside, but it's nice to be sitting in here with you. It's nice and cozy in here, definitely. We've always got like candles burning in our office. It's we I tried to make this office feel less like an office and more like a home. It definitely does. We're at this beautiful dining table. There's a beautiful lounge set up, so it feels very cozy. Yeah, I think if you're gonna spend a lot of time in the office, mm-hmm. I want it to be homely. Yeah. So I yeah. want us to be able to like spend as much time here as possible. So yeah, I think I think we've achieved that. You've done well. Thank you. Now, Ange, for anyone that hasn't heard of you before, could you just do a little intro as to yourself? Of course. So my name is Angela. As you said, Angela Sobrano. I run a public relations and creative communications agency called Flourish. And I have had that for the last 10 years. Makes me feel old when I say 10 years, but it really has been that long. Prior to that, I was a celebrity publicist for Sony Music. So I worked for Sony Music for 10 years and I've represented some of the biggest brands and the biggest celebrities around the world. So anyone from like... The Food Fighters to Justin Timberlake. Oh to my gosh! John Farnham to Guy Sebastian. Yeah, who we still work beautiful with. guy. Oh, oh. He's such a wonderful human. Mm. He really is. Him and his wife Jules are just such a lovely family. Mm. They're one of our favourite clients. I shouldn't yeah. say that. But they <laughs> I can imagine they might be. They really are. They're just good people. And I also run and own a wellness company or a candle company, but I'd like to see it as a wellness company because yeah. I think candles promote so much wellness and self-care mm. and that's called Marco and Co and that's fairly new I only started that a year ago yeah but I'm having a lot of fun with that one and that's exciting and I can't wait to kind of get to that and chat about what it looked like as well start like you know having a new startup versus yeah. this company you've had for 10 years yeah. but before we get there it would be great to hear a little bit of the background to Flourish PR you started when you were 28 yeah and like you said you were working for Sony why did you go out on your own and what did that look like so I decided to go out my own because I was newly engaged and I had been working for Sony for almost a decade which is kind of crazy because then I started really young yeah you know I hated school I wasn't a great student at all no I refused to go to school wow but I kind of um did a deal with my teachers and my mom and dad to say look I'm shit at school (laughs) this is like everyone knows I'm not great at school because I was a bit of a rebel like I just couldn't yeah interesting I just didn't fit into that like if they gave me a boundary I always had to cross it like Mm. I was just a bit wow I I wouldn't have picked up on that yeah I was just and I could talk back and I was a bit cheeky (laughs) and I was yeah I wasn't great if I applied myself and studied really hard then I did okay but I just wasn't interested Mm. I was really good at computer studies and business studies business studies I was like top of it because I I was like yes I can use this in the future I get it versus algebra or any of that in maths yeah but it didn't seem practical to me I couldn't I just couldn't Mm. fathom it so I did a deal with my teachers and my um and my parents and I said right so I'm gonna do a heap of work experience like school holidays I'm not going to go on those like school school camps because wow. I went to an all-girls school. It was pretty busy. In Melbourne? Or? In Sydney. In Sydney, yeah. yeah cool. And it was, um, you know, private all-girls mm. and I just didn't fit in. And so I said, I'm not going away with these people yeah. for um, a week camping, but instead I'll go to an advertising agency. Oh, my God. I'll go to a TV <laughs> studio and I'll work, do work experience. Yeah, and cool. So I really started that whole working I guess mindset when I was yeah. really young and mm. I just loved it so that's why I started well, it was BMG Records and then we merged with Sony Music so okay. I was there for almost a decade all up mm. part-time and then full-time work and that was the best experience like I learned so much I think if you work somewhere like Sony a big global company like that 
it's the best training ground mm. one could ever have. And it was long days. Yeah. Insane hours. I don't think even running my own business, like I work hard now. Yeah. But I think I worked harder at Sony because wow. you'd be up at 4.30 a.m. And you would have, I was a national publicist, so I had to take whatever artist or band that was in town, it might have been an international band or it might have been a local mm. band, and take them around, you know, all the PR promo activities yeah. that we had so you'd start off at sunrise or the today show and you'd do a whole morning of breakfast radio and then you mm. get into your print and press interviews you might have a photo shoot that you need to coordinate and make sure everyone looks great and everything is on brand and everything is styled beautifully and then you'd have the show that night because they'd have a gig and you'd be bringing media in oh and, my and gosh. making sure everyone was well looked after and then there'd be an after party oh my and gosh. if media were going to that, then we had to go and host that. So some days... And then you'd get up in the morning and do it all again. Do it all again. So some days were like 4.30 a.m. till about 2 a.m. Oh my god! And it was pretty full on. So that's when... And because I started so young, I just yeah. thought that was the real world. Like yeah. this is just how it happens, you know. That's so interesting. Yeah. So after a decade, almost a decade of doing that and then being engaged, I guess it was back in the day when... You kind of ha- you had to be married to your job and mm. marrying someone else and being committed to that relationship. Mm. There was kind of like, okay, I've given my word to this man. He's so <laughs> wonderful that I need to commit and put some time into that yeah. if I want this to be a long-lasting relationship. Yeah. And so I thought, you know what, I feel like I've really learned as much as I could and I mm. learned so much. And I thought, why don't I just, if I'm working this hard, why don't I go out and try it for myself? Yeah. And, yeah, it paid off, which was good. It was scary to make the leap, but it worked. What kind of position were you in when you made the leap? Because I know a lot of people ask, you know, when is the best time to do it? And from my experience, it just got to a stage working in my job and starting to have a few clients on the side, definitely not enough to actually be (laughs) replace the money from my job yet. But I knew kind of in my gut that it was like, I'm not happy doing this. I need to just go out on my own. It's just something that I felt. Yeah. Yeah, you start to feel it. And I felt that way probably for about 12 months before I actually took that leap. So I thought, okay, what is it going to take to be able to make this leap? Okay, well, I certainly need to be able to pay my rent Mm. and I need to be able to eat. And if I have those two things covered, I think I'm going to be okay. So I kind of took the mindset of stripping everything back no luxuries (laughs) Um, and thought okay I'm gonna suffer in the short term Mm. of really pulling back what I'm spending my money on and I for those 12 months I saved as much as I could yeah because I thought if I go out on my own I'm gonna give myself at least six months Mm. like cash in the bank six months that I can work for myself pay my rent I mean it was all it was quite minimal back then because I really pulled everything back yeah it was just like you know survival mode almost um it's kind of fun in a way though don't think it's like let's see how resourceful you can get 100% and I think like those were such happy times Mm. like you taught me you really don't need a lot to be happy as long as you're on purpose and you're doing what you love Mm. like money doesn't make you happy Mm. you know being driven and ambitious and following your passion yeah and doing something you love every day and springing out of bed and going, oh, I work for myself. Yeah. How cool is this? I get to choose what I do. You've got mm-hmm. that freedom of choice, which I never had at school and I never really yes. had working for somebody else. So for me, it was inevitable that I would definitely go out on mm-hmm. my own. So, yeah, so it was. it started off really by me just pulling back on you know all those luxuries that I used to enjoy massages and dinners and all that sort of things 
um, clothes. Yes. And, um, and yeah, just brought it back to basics and saved as much as I could. And so when I started the business, I knew I had six months cash in the bank. Mm. So if I didn't, I was like, surely I'm going to get a couple of clients in six yes. months' time. Yes, right? you had a bit of a buffer. Yeah. And then within two weeks, we yeah. were profitable and off we went. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty great. I had a lot of contacts. Obviously, yeah. you know, they say you don't just become successful overnight, but it was a work in progress, yes. I guess, of meeting so many people along the way. I was well known in the industry. Yes. And um, as soon as word got out that I went out on my own, they were like, hey, can you do this? I've got a book launch coming out. Yes. Or I have uh, a new album or I've got a tour. And actually my first client, you might be too young to even know um, who this is, but um, do you know Michael Bolton? It's a familiar name, oh, but I don't you. know. <laughs> How old are you? Uh, 31. 31, okay. So you're that young. I'll play you some of his music. Sorry, a musician. Yeah, I take yeah, it. Okay, yeah, that's Michael good Bolton. to know. Yeah, he's like a really big star in the US. And, um, <laughs> and I'll play you some. You I'm pretty bad music. at music. I'm pretty that's bad okay. at... Okay. Yeah. So he did tour and I did that. And then the next one I got was the Backstreet Boys. Oh, my. How? Yeah. How did that happen? Because I just started talking to a lot of promoters. Yeah. And so I was in the music industry. I knew yeah. a lot of people. Just started having conversations. And, yeah, then I did Backstreet Boys. Wow. Um, started working with Live Nation. Started working with some other promoters around town. And so we started off doing a lot of music and a lot of yeah. entertainment. And then over the last 10 years, we've gone into other industries yeah. as well. So music is a very small part of what we do now. But it's still, you know, it's the heartbeat. It's definitely the yeah. passion. So you kind of went out on your own you had some of those contacts and you had like a little bit of a profile in that industry and obviously people felt that you had something different to offer as well and maybe you were you know you had a bit of a fresher approach which was really cool yeah because PR is such an old school industry Mm. and I think when I went out there wasn't a lot of freelance PR or small boutique agencies there was really big corporate ones although people that worked in-house and Mm. you know they were maybe 50 plus and so coming in being 28 when I started my own business I did have a fresh approach I had my finger on the pulse with social media social media wasn't really a it people were starting to use it personally but businesses weren't starting to use it back then but I could see that oh actually this is going to be a big thing because this would be prior to Instagram yeah probably yeah thereabouts close to it close to it yeah Yeah. Facebook was um everyone was on Facebook but not many businesses yeah and so I thought oh this is going to be a trend definitely yeah and so I I think I did come at it like I'm very old school in my manners and approach Mm. to life but I'm very new school and I like to be innovative with strategy or the way in which we get a message out on behalf of a client the other thing that I wanted to pick up on is that you said you know you you went and chatted with lots of promoters Mm -hmm. so I guess um, for those listening as well you kind of put in some hard yards putting yourself out there (laughs) introducing yourself to people it was a slog oh my gosh I make it sound easy but literally it was lining up as many coffee yes and interviews or not even interviews just people meeting me like and these were busy people that I wanted to speak to you know owners of businesses celebrities or promoters yeah record companies because it was very much entertainment based when I started and I just needed to meet and see as many people as possible yeah because I knew that if I got in front of someone 
I could sell what yes. I had to yeah. offer because I'm a good sales girl. I think yeah. PR people are good at sales. You got to, yeah, you got to sell a story. <laughs> you sell a story. So I had to just sell myself, yeah. you know, and just get out there. And um, I think the most important thing was really listening to what people's problems mm. in business were or what challenges they were facing with yeah. their current, you know, in-house PR team or an agency or they you know, hadn't even implemented PR mm. before and just really listening and understanding and, and coming back. And because, you know, you're a new business, you've got a lot to prove. There were so many projects that I did for Nelly Nothing yeah. just to kind of prove myself to get those runs on the board because once you've got work, it's a domino effect. It work is. breeds work, you know. Yeah. And so I did a lot of free gigs when mm-hmm. I started just to make it look like I was bigger than what yeah. I was. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we just got started and the domino effect just started and began. And, and that's are. how it happens, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You just have to start. Yeah. And it feels so scary at the time. But I was like, well, what have I got to lose? Yeah. You know, I've pulled everything back to basics. And if you don't have a lot of outgoings, it's actually quite cheap to live yeah. if you're creative with it. Yeah. Yeah. So what were some of the challenges that you faced along the way or some of the biggest lessons that you were like, oh, that's interesting? Oh, my gosh. So many lessons because no one – I mean, I'm trained as a PR consultant and yeah. a PR professional, but I'm not trained as a businesswoman. I mean, we did a little bit of business at uni. I did go to uni and do a degree. It's a miracle that I got in. But um, I did. And yeah, gosh, no one teaches you how to manage people, how to pick the right employees, what to even ask in an interview. The thing that I struggled the most with, and and I've really spent the time over the last couple of years Mm. understanding it, is the finance side. Yeah. You know, because... PR people usually aren't great at numbers, we're good with words and we're good with storytelling. Mm. But the numbers and the finance, that at the first couple of years, that yeah. really, really, I struggled with that. Um, I had an accountant on board, but he was the wrong accountant for me. Mm. Spoke a lot of jargon, words I didn't understand. I was so young that I wanted to pretend like I did understand. So then I'd yeah. be like, oh, yes, yes, and go and Google these. Like, yes. what does this mean? <laughs> um, and try to teach myself. But the biggest struggle, was I didn't put enough money aside for tax for the first okay, two yeah. years of my business. And so I got to the end of the second year and the I was like, right, you've got uh, a massive tax bill. And I was like, what are you talking about? I think we've been paying the tax as we go. Wow. Like, I didn't realise we then have to pay company tax on top of this. Yes. You and so oh, I had gosh. this massive tax debt that I was like, how the hell? And he's like, you've got to come up with 100 grand literally in the next 24 hours. I was like, who has 100 grand just sitting there? One, it's a good thing because it means you've made money. Yes. But second of all, if you're not, you know, if you don't budgeting. have the money, that's so what did you do? I freaked out, had a big cry. <laughs> and then I was like, right, well, how are we going to get around this? And so I rang the ATO. The accountant tried to ring the ATO but said he had no luck. And I was like, mm. you know what? The ATO as kind of scary and unapproachable as they may seem, they're actually pretty cool if you're Mm. really honest with them and you have a conversation with them because they want you to be in business. They don't want your business to go into liquidation or they don't don't want you to fail. They Mm. want you to keep going. And so I just had a really frank conversation with them. was very honest. I said, look, this is the situation. Can we go on some sort of payment plan? It's going to take me a while to pay this off, but I'm prepared to do that and I'll stick to it. Let's get a realistic Mm. payment plan in place and I'll smash it. And so we did that. So it took me like, you know, I think another 18 months to pay it off, but I did it, which was good. 
And now we're all good. We're and now, yeah, here. lesson learnt from that. Yeah, but it's interesting, isn't it? Because there's no kind of like checklist or like guide when you're starting out. And you start realising all these things like, oh, okay, I didn't know about that one. And you're trying to wear so many hats because mm. at that stage it was just myself. You know, I didn't have any employees at that stage in the first year. And so you're trying to do your new business. You're trying yeah. to be a strategist. You're also on the phones pitching and hustling to get your clients coverage Plus, you're trying to think, okay, who's in the pipeline because mm. this contract finishes in eight weeks. I need to keep this going. You know, so it was such a, um, yeah, gosh, it was a learning curve. And you do, you're wearing multiple hats and you can't do everything great. So that was the one ball that dropped. Mm. And it was a pretty sick thing <laughs> to drop. But lesson learned, get a great accountant and don't be scared to ask silly questions. Yeah. Like, what the hell does that mean? For sure. <laughs> and I, I, think, I think it's easy to kind of think, oh, everyone else knows what this is. Mm-hmm. But I think we're all the same. You know, when you're starting out, no one knows. No one knows anything. Know. So, yeah, don't be afraid to. 100%. Ask as many questions yeah. as you like. I don't care. I just blame it on having blonde hair now. <laughs> I'm blonde. You're going to need to, have to break this down. Okay? <laughs> Play the game. Whatever gives you get you the information so you fully comprehend and understand. Mm. Um, I think that's the important thing. Yeah. Yeah. There was um another challenging time that you've had mm-hmm. and that came to – your health and experiencing yeah. some burnout along the way. How did that happen? What do you think were some of the factors for it? And even listening to you, I feel like maybe your experience at Sony and seeing that was your yeah. first experience of how to work. Did that have something to play or, or what did it look 100%, like? percent yeah, you're spot on. Because I started Sony, like I said, when I was really young. And so I thought that was just how everyone worked. Mm. Like I thought, and I come from an entrepreneurial family, my dad, is very entrepreneurial and he works 24-7. Yeah. So I've grown up seeing that and then going into the real world and working for a record company, I was like, oh, this is just the real world. Mm. Like, it's not school anymore. You have to work hard and yeah. long hours and work comes first no matter what. And that was a mindset that I certainly carried on into my own business. And look, after eight years, yeah, probably seven, seven and a half years of, mm. of having my own business, I guess it just started to catch up with me and it did take a toll. And, you know, all the things that we know we should be doing, like getting enough sleep, resting, eating good food, exercising. I exercised. I've always exercised, but I wasn't getting enough sleep. I was probably getting three hours a night. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because we had a lot of American clients and clients based overseas as well. So as we grew, we had a lot of contracts in America. And so the time zone... I just wanted to make sure that if they sent us an email that it would get responded oh to gosh. straight away. So I was, I'd wake up every hour on the hour just to oh check emails. It was a bit crazy. And then it got, I got a bit OCD with that. And yeah. yeah, it was very unhealthy and I was addicted to it. Yeah. And it just, Interesting. yeah, I was so, because I, I love what I do. I think that's the hardest thing that people that get into business because it's your passion. I know it is. Yeah. And you just can't <laughs> help it. Like you actually want to do it. When I have downtime, I want to like brainstorm ideas. I know. This is what I say. Right? And like, I wake up on a Saturday and I'm like, yes, like yeah. I want to work. And it's like, oh, there does need to be time when there's, like, time to switch off. Yeah. But it's hard because you don't really want to because it is, like, your hobby and your yeah. passion and just everything, isn't I it? Know. 
It, yeah, it's, it's a real tough one. And so I got really sick. So I, w- I remember one of our clients is the beautiful Olivia Newton-John. And oh, she's wow. just such a wonderful human, incredible woman. And she's on this mission to cure cancer. And yeah. I know she will because she's got such incredible support from mm. Austin Health. And they're doing incredible research. Anyway, long story short. I was up in Byron Bay with her doing a shoot for 60 Minutes. And it was a really long day and I felt a bit fluey, but I was okay. like, I'll be right. And I just mm. kept soldiering on through for yeah. that entire week. Um, and we had a full on week of back to back kind of commitments with media and yeah. with Olivia. And and then as soon as she left the country, I was like, okay, now I can finally rest. Yeah. But I kind of just pushed it that little bit too far. Yeah. And I was really sick by the end of it. And then got to the point where I woke up in the middle of the night and I couldn't breathe. Oh and my um, was hallucinating because my temperature was so high and all my organs are starting to shut down because I just oh pushed my myself gosh. too far. So we had a, um, a doctor come to the house and yeah. he was pretty hopeless. And then I, um, and then it just got worse and worse. And I was like, no, something is really wrong. Mm. My mum came over to the house in the yeah. middle, uh, middle of the night. My husband knew, like, he's like, I don't know what to do with you. Anyway, got rushed to hospital. And, yeah, my body was just shutting down big time. And I had full-on pneumonia in both oh lungs. Oh, my god! So I had fluid in both lungs, which was making it really hard to breathe. And the doctor called it the entrepreneurial disease. He's wow. like, you must have your own business. I was like, yeah, you know. He's like, because you get this when you're super run down and you're not looking after yourself. And it's just, you know, you've it's bad luck. But wow. you need to actually start looking after yourself. So I was on drips and I was in hospital for a long time, just down the road, actually. If, how Edward. long? Like... Um, I was there for a solid week. Yeah. And then I had to beg to come home. <laughs> they were like, no. And I had my laptop. I was like, oh, gosh. Calling. I was yes. on conference calls. Oh, gosh. I had my PA like, sneak into the hospital so we could, like, you know, get mm. the business sorted so everyone knew what they were doing. And then they took my laptop away. <gasps> they took my phone away. They got yeah. really cranky with me. And they were like, no, really, this is a reality check. You mm. need to stop. You almost died. Like, yeah. what are you doing? And so that really scared me, I think. I was like, oh, okay, everyone's getting really angry at me. Yeah, and you you just thought, no, this is just what you do. And I guess it was that habit and that addiction as well. Addiction and habit. And um, I was like, okay, you do need rest and sleep, and that's all really important. And so it took, when I got home, probably six months to fully Mm. recover from it because it really hit me so hard. It took a while to get my stamina back, and I was really weak, lost a lot of weight during it. And so, yeah, just had to go, okay, something has to give mm. and I need to structure the business in a different way that's going to allow me to live and Absolutely. survive. <laughs> and so I had to pull back. And actually, I just I just restructured the business. I got rid of some people that weren't right for the business mm. that may have been a little bit toxic for yeah. the company and started not completely fresh, but we got some more senior staff in yeah. to help me to take the load off. And it has been so great ever since because now we have proper structures in place, mm. processes. I now only come to the office four days a week, yeah. um, which means that I can be super creative on that one day and, you know, record content or brainstorm or just yes. be creative, you know. Um, have space. Space. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because I think that's, and that's exactly, that's the mm. thing. I never had space before to kind of process things. Yeah. And within that time, my husband was like, right, you need to get a hobby (laughs) and you need to have some kind of life outside the office because you're yeah you need something else to put your energy into for your own sake and your own health and yeah 
Yeah, and I never had anything. I was like, mm. oh, I go to the gym. He's like, that's not a hobby. Going yep. to the gym is not a hobby. That's just part of your health routine. Exactly. I was like, right, okay, I need a hobby. And like, he has so many hobbies. He surfs <laughs> and he does karate, he does jiu-jitsu. Oh, wow. He's just such a... He's such a hobbyist. Like, he's got that down. He's got that down. He's, and he's such a happy person. And so yeah. I was like, okay. So he was so helpful. He was like, right, we're going to try lots of different things on the weekends. And eventually so you're cool. love something and that's going to become your thing. And so we tried lots of different things. And what I settled on and loved the most, because he said to me, what did you love as a kid? Yeah. Like, what did you love? Like, let's go back to when you were young and what gave you joy and I was like, well, I loved horse riding as a kid, loved it so much. I'd never had my own horses. We always lived in the suburbs. But any mm. chance that I had to go horse riding on school holidays, I just loved it so much. And he said, let's go horse riding one weekend yeah. and see if you still love it. And I got in that saddle and Aww. I was like, I'm home. I loved it so much. So, yeah, I think a hobby in horse riding mm. certainly saved me, certainly saved my soul. And it gets me away from the office yeah. and helps me disconnect. And I leave the office with a problem. I go to the paddock, go for a ride. I come back and I've solved the problem in my head. Yeah. I'm just disconnecting and giving myself, like you said, space. Because I think um, I know I'm guilty of this. Like when you don't have that space, you're trying to solve it in your head and you're just going round and round and round. Oh, and it's not until, like you said, you can maybe step away and actually kind of just do something else, yeah. have a bit of distance from it. 100%. And then come back and things maybe don't seem so bad or you're like, oh, that's obvious, we'll just do that. Or, yeah. you know, it's it's that's really good. Yeah, 100%. And I think I learned, like, I used to, I'm quite a passionate person. I've calmed down a lot over the years. <laughs> <laughs> I've calmed down a lot. I used to be so ambitious. I'm still ambitious, yeah. but I've just calmed down a lot. And... I used to get so fiery and worked up about certain things. Interesting, yeah. And um, and one of the biggest lessons I've really learned over the last 10 years is you just have to choose your battles because mm. you have so much energy fighting things and some things just, you know, you just got to let it go. Mm. And be like, you know what, that's not a battle I'm going to choose to put my energy into. Yeah. Just let it wash over me, whatever. And, yeah, let's move on. I'm interested to hear, Did you? what did you do with your clients in other countries because obviously that would have had to change and your practice around checking the emails Definitely. what yeah. did you do we had i ended up putting someone on in america yeah. which makes oh, complete sense fantastic so i'm like you've got that part of the region covered awesome it was just one person we just we had some big significant contracts so she came on board and helped that and that was mm. wonderful and i was like wow i don't need to wake up like she was so on it you yeah know, such a great great person to have on your team and so we were really fortunate that way and I was going back and forth to San Francisco a lot because mm. we did a lot in the tech space over there and it just meant that I didn't have to then travel as much I didn't yeah. need to get on a plane every two seconds you yeah. know and have client meetings over there so it was great it was oh, wow you can delegate and can actually someone can do a better job than you can if you give them the power to do so and I think um this is what I often say that when when you start getting help or outsourcing or hiring you're like oh my gosh what else can I outsource or what else can I hire on outsource everything yeah just focus on the stuff that I'm good at which is visionary stuff I'm going right this is where a client needs to be this is what I see for them this is the steps that kind of needs to happen to get to that end goal and just being creative Mm. coming up with just kick-ass ideas and concepts that clients are going to love and adore and I just want to get out there and build new business and that's all I should focus on really Mm. and then work on the business exactly actually think of Flourish as a client and do our own PR and our own marketing and be the face of that brand 
You've also started a second brand, a yes. second business, Marco & Co, a wellness company. We talked about that a little at the start. Where did that come from and what's that been like? It's about a year old, yeah. starting fresh. That has been such a labour of love. It's <laughs> such a fun side hustle. Well, I'm really interested in e-commerce and I'm really interested in products because I've always had service-based mm businesses I guess right so I was like I wonder what it's like to have a product you know you have a product they buy it you pack it up beautifully our packaging is beautiful yes. and then you get it out and we're done you know like I was like that that sounds like a really good business transaction I've never had product-based <laughs> business before and so that was really attractive and I really just started that business because I wanted to understand what it was like to have an e-commerce store and I wanted to learn how to build it yeah. and I wanted to understand Shopify a lot better because I hadn't got on the tools. I'm very much a believer that you need to be a practitioner of what you do and so that's why I started a podcast because I wanted to understand that more. That's why six years ago I started a YouTube channel because I wanted to understand YouTube in a way that you can only learn if you're actually on the tools of mm. doing it because then I could empathise <laughs> with clients. Then it was hard to create content, you know, and keep it going. And so Marco & Co started really because I found my hobby and mm. I had gone through such a turbulent time with my health and I was like, okay, I, I want to get that message out there that sleep, self-care, rest and respite is actually really important for women in business mm. and it's not something that we think about when we're running our businesses because we're so focused on the business yeah and I, what i've seen is that we tend to put our own needs last and we put the business first yeah and push and everything aside everything aside friendships family mm. you know because if if you want to have a successful business it does take you've got to grind you know mm. like you really have to get in there and get your hands dirty but saying that, what I've learned is because I've been on that side of yeah. just pushing myself to the absolute extreme and the limits is rest and self-care is really, really important. So mm. I wanted to start a brand that, you know, encouraged and got that message out there about self-care and um, rest. And it's okay to rest. Rest is actually crucial and very important. But I think as business owners, we feel guilty when we Absolutely. do that. Absolutely. And it's hard to switch the brain off. Yeah. And you're like, oh, hang on. There was that thing that I was going to do. Let's just quickly go and do that. It's crazy. Mm. So I wanted to start a brand and I love candles and yes. I obviously my new love, which was horse riding um, and my beautiful horse's name is Marco. And so I called the company Marco and Co after him. And basically it's beautiful candles. They're all soy based and no nasties in them. And I wanted mm. to have candles that I could light when I'm back in my office or back in the city, but they would take me to the paddock or mm. they would take me to a beautiful mountain trail ride or yeah. it would take me to a beach that I was cantering along. Oh, my you know? gosh, it sounds so, so beautiful. They're all very, they're all equestrian-inspired yeah. um, and, and remind me of the country or the spaces that I enjoy when I'm with my horse. And the, like, response has been phenomenal and it's mm. been so fun starting something new and something so different. Yeah, what, do you have any, like, a couple of little tips or learnings from that going into e-commerce? Yes, photography and video yep. is so crucial. If you, you, You've got to have great photos mm -hmm. and the attention to detail, I think, is so important. It's those little things that will enable you to stand out. There's a lot yes. of companies 
out there that are cutting corners and you know, for our candles you see I look at lots of different candles and um, now I'm a candle expert yeah you must be <laughs> I've really like being in this candle game like quite deep for the last two years yeah. it took me a year to even just get our formula right yeah. it took a long time and the fragrance oh the fragrances and... are the hardest yes. where I'm trying to I'm doing a new collection actually at the moment I thought oh it'll be fine now I'm an expert at this it's literally going to take mm. four weeks to get some new fragrances out it's already been six months it's and amazing isn't it yeah, yeah what's involved it takes a lot so my tips will be probably to if you think something's going to take three months maybe allow six to nine months <laughs> double or triple it <laughs> yeah, good exactly and invest in great brand mm. so really and that's the thing because it's so expensive i'm in a yeah. fortunate position that i've got a creative communications agency yeah. here we've got designers and we've got editors and we've got publicists in this building and so i can now just think of businesses and i put it mm. through the flourish I guess funnel yeah. and and they help me get those things out there I can build websites quickly yeah. I can um, you know organize a publicity campaign very quickly like yeah. the back of my hand so I'm in that fortunate position that I'm using my own company I'm almost a client of my own company yes. but I think the one thing to stand out is invest in good brand yeah. invest in great photography and video I mm. think everyone's still underestimating video but it's it is so important and don't be afraid to put yourself out there and be a face for your brand and tell the story as to why you started the business. I think that's what resonated so much with everyone that purchased candles. Mm. And also start your social media platforms before you're ready. So yeah. so before you even have a product. So I started talking about Marco & Co a year before I even started like the actual business and selling a product. So Until, yeah, a, before it was yeah. ready. And this is the thing that I see, Ange, that people will like their website will go live and they think that is the launch no. but it's like if that's the launch and your website goes live but you don't have an audience you've got to build the audience yes. and, and building an audience takes time and show the process of starting a business yes. like that would be my first tip is going okay i've decided to start a business literally let's get out the little i call it a vlog camera it's yeah. just a tiny little camera <laughs> even your iphone it doesn't need to be fancy pull it out and go just do like a video diary Today yeah. I've decided to start this business and these are the reasons why this is what I'm excited about. This is what I'm really fearful for. Watch this space. Let's see what happens. Yes. And then as you start to roll things out, document everything and get that content out there because people love watching a journey in the process yes. of something happening. And, and then they're invested, aren't they? They're invested. And loyal to the brand. Exactly. So when we first, when we actually had stock and products for sale on yeah. that launch day, our Shopify that's so cool. I don't know if you've got a Shopify thing, no. but every time you have a sale, it does this little chiching. Oh. Chiching, and it's like I make I do a happy dance every time that little yeah. chiching goes up. And then I look at where they're buying from and where did they find out about it. Isn't it fun? So fun. Especially it's like so when fun. you're just getting started and every yeah. every little sale is just so exciting. It's so exciting. And then and so that when we launched, because we'd already done the work for a, a year in advance of building that mm. brand and telling the story as to why we were starting this this company. Yes, sales went through the roof. Like we did 50 grand in sales in the first day. Oh my God. no one does that. Like no. if you literally just like put your website live and you're waiting for your sales, yeah. it's not going to happen. It's not. Yeah. People aren't just going to magically find it. That's right. That's right. Oh, Ange, there were so many tips there. Oh, Thank no. you. That was amazing. Pleasure. Is there any, as we just wrap up, yeah. what would be maybe one thing looking back that you wish you'd known from the start? I think we've covered so many things, we but have. perhaps any parting words of wisdom or advice? Well, 
probably because it's so at the forefront of my mm. mind at the moment because I started the business so young and I'm seeing this as a trend too that mm. we, we're getting into business younger and we're, we're having longer careers than ever before as women I would recommend and this sounds kind of crazy Ooh, I'm intrigued this is great crazy <laughs> but if you're in your 20s or your early 30s I'd say your 20s even mm. 20s definitely because you're very healthy at 20 freeze your eggs ladies <gasps> oh my freeze gosh that eggs. is not what I expected no, because I had yes. been so career-driven my whole life and now I'm 37 and we're trying to start a family yeah. and it's really hard. We've been on this journey for the last year. Mm. But had I fr- frozen my eggs when I was 25 or 22 or whatever the yeah. age may be, but I was not interested in babies or no. family back then, it wasn't even a priority. Yeah. I wasn't thinking in those ways. It was all about the business and the career yeah. and the ambition. And like we said, everything else just goes on hold, really. Yeah. yeah. And so I kind of got to 37 and I was like, okay, this is harder. I wish I, mm. I wish I, like, just freeze your eggs. Then, just, then you've got options, you know. Aww. And then if you want to have a full-on, great, like, crazy career, go for it. Yeah. And then at least you can still implement that part of your life if, mm. if it's important to you. And I'm sorry to hear that's a struggle. Oh, I know. Well, yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it will be um, – we've had, you know, miscarriages along the way yeah. and that's all part of it. But I know when it happens, mm. we're so ready for it. Yes. <laughs> Extra ready. Yeah, absolutely. And it so, will. Yeah, absolutely. So think about, you know, your personal needs of what you might want in 10 yeah. to 15 years' time, I think, um, is an important message to get out there for some younger listeners maybe. That's beautiful. Where can we find you? Where can everyone find you, Ange? Well, I'm pretty full on with Instagram. <laughs> uh, I love Instagram. So Instagram, just at Angela Sobrano. YouTube, I create a lot yes. of content, weekly videos on YouTube, just talking about life in business, talking about fashion or your work wardrobe or how to nail it in an interview. I talk about lots of stuff, travel. Yeah. yeah, really fun things over there. It's fun. YouTube or Instagram. And Marco and Co, same Marco thing? Marco and Co, yeah, definitely Instagram. Just um, Marco Candles on Instagram. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Anne, thank you so much for sitting down with me. It's been Pleasure. amazing and so much great advice. So I look forward to speaking again soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to The Emily Osmond Show, brought to you by my Instagram freebies, which you'll find at emilyosmond.com forward slash free. So please take a few seconds to leave me a review, subscribe so that you don't miss an episode, and be sure to take a screenshot of this podcast, upload it to your social media, and tag me at Emily Osmond so I can give you a shout out too. Until next time, remember connection over perfection. You've got this and we'll speak soon.